Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is July 17th, 2013, and I am on fire. (laughs) A line that Gunther said that will be in my film that I just love so, so much. I was on fire. (laughs) Hi, Gunther. Hi there out there in Chatland and in the world of exposing Alcoholics Anonymous and educating people that there are other ways. So we are going to have on Bob Warner, who was on last week, and we only did a half an hour, so we are going to have him on again because I felt it was really important. I'm sorry, I'm trying to multitask here. Let me just finish what I was doing. We... I just feel like it's important that people know their rights and that in 25 states already, it has been deemed highly religious, Alcoholics Anonymous, in case you didn't know that. And why would it be deemed highly religious? So uh, AA, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul, by Robert Warner, this book has just been released, and it says uh, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul, Indoctrinating America in 12 Easy Steps. It's in paperback on Amazon. I highly suggest you go on there and get it. It's just $11, it looks like. Maybe if you've already bought it and read it, you can write a review. It says here, make be the first to review this item. It was funny while I was looking at it, Bob. There's another book called How Alcoholics Anonymous Failed Me by a woman called Marianne Gilliam. Hmm, it looks like a new book, and I was reading the reviews there, so maybe I'll have her on the show too. So here, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? It is, again, I am going to bring Bob on. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Monica. Glad to have you back. Great show on Katie Couric today. Oh, thank you. Oh, it aired today, where you are? I believe so. I'm, I'm sorry, yesterday, should I say? Oh, yesterday. Yes, yes. Thank you, ABC. Thank you, Katie Couric, for having me and Gabriel Gleaser on. It was pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Well, assuming you only had like two minutes to talk, you didn't have much. You got a lot across. 
there we were there for a lot longer and some stuff got cut. I think the whole piece is about five five and something minutes. But you know, there's a lot of uh people posting underneath. And five minutes on a national television show is a lot better than me talking to uh, 40 women in West L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't normally have people on back this fast, but I felt that I was in court with somebody the other day, recently, and I was shocked as the judge casually mentioned that this person, you know, he said it in a side, like didn't tell the person to go to a meeting, to an AA meeting. It's a really young person. It's an 18-year-old. And uh, he said it. the judge looked like he had to have been in his 60s. And it was clear to me that it felt like he didn't know about AA, just like my, you know, my neighbor who's a doctor really didn't know anything about AA except they smoke a lot of cigarettes and drink a lot of coffee there. Uh, like my neighbor who was shocked, uh, I think that the judge will be shocked when... I contact him and say, you know, hey, man, like, do you really know what you're referring uh, an 18-year-old to or a 25? I don't care how old anybody is anymore, right? Well, yeah, I mean, they they sentence so many people to AA nowadays. I thought it would stop, but apparently it hasn't. And, I mean, I think when it's a younger person, he's probably a lot more intimidated by the court process and... Mm -hmm. He has no idea he has the right to refuse. And right. He does, I see they did, yeah, they did send him. Right, right. I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, go there. It said go to some kind of self-help like. And I was like, there is nothing like AA. You know what I mean? There is Smart is not like AA. And SOS is not like none of them. The other six, you know, free options, and the seventh being the use of naltrexone and reading the book, Sinclair Method and going online, there's so many blogs now filled with people that somebody could find a community, certainly an online presence. So let's talk about your book. We talked about it last week. Tell everybody, again, I mean, I know you said it before, but if you want to just kind of you know encapsulate why you wrote the book and uh, when you released it. Well, uh, it was released, uh, I guess, a couple months ago now. And basically ever since I sued to have a declared unconstitutional, I thought that that would end it, but it hasn't. It just continues on and on. And the thing, one thing I hear all the judges and all the commentators talk about is, well, sure, AA has some religious elements, but so what? It's not that big a deal. But really, Ah. if you look at the program and get past (laughs) all their BS, it's Mm -hmm. actually faith healing. The whole program is based on on two premises. One, that alcoholism is caused by the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. and that once you get rid of the seven deadly sins, God will lift the alcoholism out of you. Mm-hmm. God will cure your disease. Not mm-hmm. There's no if it is his will, there's no we hope it will do it, none of that. Work these 12 steps, God will give you a miracle. And mm-hmm. I don't say miracle in a loosely based way. When I say miracle, AA means an act of God. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way around it. I mean, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, take what you like and leave the rest. But that's just stupid because every step is aimed at begging God for a miracle. So mm-hmm. if you take any of it, you're praying to God for, for his 
guidance for his providence to cure you of a disease. Mm. Now, if you're going to say that this is a disease, then don't tell me faith healing cures it. If you're going to say faith healing cures it, don't tell me it's a disease. Those two just don't go together. And what this book does is I, whenever you go to AA and say, well, I don't believe in God, they come up with some hooking line, oh, God can be anything you want. Right. Oh, our greater than ourselves. Oh, you can use the AA group as a, as a higher power. But that's not, that's just flat out lying. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do is deconstruct the whole program so every time that a lie like that is said, no, this is why that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Because AA, it's like playing whack-a-mole. Every time you come up with something, they just come out with something stupid that doesn't make any sense, but there's that answer, and their mind shuts down. So what I wanted to do was counter all of those lies that I heard from AA. And it takes a while. You have to actually, when they say that, came to believe a power greater than ourselves would restore us to sanity when you say, well, I'm not religious. And they say that, well, that power can be anything you want. You have to look all the way through their books to show why what they're saying is not true. Right, and that's right. what I want to point out. I want to give a guide map through the pile of BS. Yeah, so I, I want to, as you were saying that, this is what kind of why I had you back, because or whatever I was going through, I got out my old big book, and I had gotten a nice brand new yellow highlighter. And I'm going to read this out of We Agnostics. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. So there's there's that one. And then it says here, on page 53, when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could not postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? Wow, that sounds like pretty like evangelical to me. Right, and when you show that to them and say, how can this not be religious, They come out with their standard lies. Oh, the power can be anything you want it to. It's God as you understand them. No, there's a lot of... Yeah, it's not true, though. I'm on your page with you, man. Like, that's not true. There's so much God. Did you ever underline how many times the word God is in the big book? Well, see, now, what I did was mostly stuff to the 12 by 12 book, the 12 stuff in 12 Mm, traditions. Oh, you used the 12 by 12. They they flat out tell you, this is how the program works. This is the Mm guy. So... They can't deny what's in there. So when they say, when when you read that in the big book and they say, well, God can be anything you want it to. Well, if you look in the 12 by 12, it said, yeah, it says here, God, as you understand them. But then it says, God, as you are better able to understand them. So my, incep- my conception of God isn't good enough. I have to be able to better understand them as you're going to teach me. Mm-hmm. And when you say a power greater than itself can be the AA group, later on in the 12 12 by 12 book, they tell you that we could determine by by large amounts of members that the person who considered his well-loved AA group the higher power would soon learn to love God and call him by name. That's what they're steering it towards. They, right, they right. Well, I, I think that... Yeah, yes, I'm go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, it, it, well, I mean, this, this really gets nutty. I mean, once you get to a place where you got to, and then 
You know, Gunther and I went through the big book a couple of times. I think he, I, I did it once alone when I was first left, you know, AA a couple of years ago, and I did a show kind of by myself. And then I think um, Gunther and I did one twice where we just tore up like chapter five alone. But here's just two more pages in. This is the chapter that's supposed to be talking to people who are agnostics. Imagine life without faith. We were nothing left but pure reason. It wouldn't be life. So now they're telling you that if you don't believe this way, if you don't have faith, you can't have a life. Then it says here, actually, we were fooling ourselves. Okay, so now they're calling you a fool. For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. Well, maybe that isn't. There's atheists. There's a ton of atheists. Just because I was a person of faith, does it mean that somebody else is has to be a person of faith? And then it, it goes here. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we had for a friend. Uh, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but He was there. Well, who the fuck is He? You know, we'll he see. was as much a fact as we were. Wait, I just want to say this last part because this is nuts. Yeah. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. Yeah. Okay. See, that's where, that's where they, when they talk about honesty and willingness, in other words, if you, if you can't work the AA program, you're just not honest. That's mm-hmm. what they consider honest, that everybody, without exception, believes in God. And if you can't acknowledge that belief in God, then you're lying. And mm-hmm. all you have to do is be willing to acknowledge that truth. Right. So if you're not willing to agree that there is a God, and if you're not willing to seek him, then you're not honest and willing. And that's why you can't get sober. And that's just nuts. Now, if you want to believe that, man, more power to you. You know, you want to go pray to a street lamp. I don't care. But when you come on and tell me that I have to attend this or I'm going to go to jail or you're going to confine me to a mental hospital unless mm-hmm. I accept that that stuff is not religious, come mm-hmm. on. Right. So tell, tell me a part in your book that you felt was one of, maybe one of your favorite sections and how you addressed it. Is there a place in the book that you'd really like maybe want to read or you want to just talk about? Oh, really? I guess really the my favorite, my what I think is real core of the book is you know, when they talk about step six, we're entirely ready to for to have God remove all these defects of character. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's why I always that's why when I talk about this, like I, I talk about it, it breaking down the AA program mm-hmm. because what are defects of character? Now, what AA does is in defects of character, you think that, you know, you're rude to somebody. You know, you're a rude person. That's a defect of character. Yeah, but yeah. that's not what AA says. The defects of character are the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and once you remove those, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings, which is another word they use for defects, seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm that will cure your alcoholism. And those seven deadly sins are the primary cause of our drinking. That in itself, that right there proves without reading anything else in the book that AA is a faith healing program. You know, I keep on using the words faith healing. But Mm -hmm. because of that, I believe that proves it. I I think so, too. Everybody, if any of you are just logging in, I'm talking to Robert Warner who wrote AA, 
How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul. You can find it on Amazon. Looks like it's available for 11 or $12. It's in paperback. It's a new book out, uh, just released a couple of months ago. If you've already read it, and uh, I encourage you to go and give it a review. It's also available on so, Kindle. Yeah, or you can get it on, yeah, on Kindle. Um, so, uh, I mean, I really, I mean, please, I mean, I used to know this stuff inside and out, but I got to page 63 and how it works. Scott, I offer myself to the, to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, then I better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, a victory over them. I bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. That we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. And then it goes on to take about the spiritual step. But it is better to meet God alone. This is really intense. Like if I ever had to get in front of a judge, this book is already marked up so neatly that I could just... like. You know, they could be taken out literally in quotes. It's well, pretty riddled with God. Mm-hmm. And see, that's another reason I wrote the book. When I won my case against the Orange County Department of Probation and forced the A was ruled unconstitutional, Orrin Hatch got on the floor of the Senate and denounced me. Who did? Uh, he's just um, uh, Orrin Hatch, Senator Hatch, Senator Orrin Hatch. Senator I remember. I don't remember his exact words, but he got up and denounced me. How can now we can't send people alcoholics because there are a few religious words in it? Uh-huh. But you know, for them to all that stuff in the big book, it's so obviously religious. I, I mean, AA? how? Yeah, is, or, I mean, is he in? Is he in AA? No, Senator Orton Hatch from Senator from Utah, I believe. I don't know if he's in AA or not. Uh huh. Uh huh. I know there's a uh, But when when the when I won my case, he got on the floor of Senate and denounced it. Mm. And basically, the whole the, his concept seems to be that well, just because it's a few religious words in there. Mm-hmm. But you read stuff like you just read, and how can you deny that that's religious? You kind of and, look like one. Mm. And the double talk they give—that's kind of what I'm trying to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking them up on Wikipedia because if it talks about their background with uh, drinking and stuff, he's he, he kind of has that face, but I'm pretty good at the face when I see them. He got involved in the health care reform. They probably added that stupid thing that made the poor. And, and we're going to stop this about the insurance companies. You know, that was going to expire. And if you didn't get, you know, if you didn't get, help after two or three rehabs they were not going to have to pay and uh mr kennedy patrick i think it's patrick kennedy and his little right. his other friend there uh he got it on to the bank bailout bill or whatever bill it was they added this thing that they uh, that they they're going to tell our insurance companies oh you can't do that well we're gonna you can't send people in the united states to a religious organization for mental health treatment or for, you know, uh, a behavior. That's it. You just right. can't, and, you can't and, do it. And, and AA's promotion of themselves as not religious is, to me, the source of all this. If you, if AA flat out comes out and says, yes, we're a religious organization, we teach that God will relieve this alcoholism through a miracle, all of this stuff will be a lot harder to support. Mm-hmm. Senator Orrin Hatch wouldn't have got up on the floor of Senate and denounced it if AA had been honest to everyone about what they do. Insurance companies, are they going to look at these treatment centers sending people to faith healing programs and actually give them money? 
are they going to pay these, you know, nine dollar an hour counselors to teach religion? Once well, that's what we have to expose, though, Bob. Bob, that's What's that? what ha- I mean. That's what has to be exposed. So, you know, each as I've gone, I've come through each level of my own deprogramming. I didn't know much of this. I didn't know it was even when I was in in AA all those years. Uh, I didn't know that it had already been deemed, you know, highly religious in so many states. And you find out that they're court ordering these criminals. Now that's getting people. That's going to get people's attention. When you find out that you can't send somebody there, then people are going to find out that there's no social worker leading the meeting, that sponsors are, you know, somebody's nutbag friend. It's just anybody. There's no training. The fact that they're giving so much weight to what a sponsor is, that the literature hasn't been updated since the 1930s, and that it is so highly, highly Christian religious that this is not a drug treatment program. So that's my newest thing, is like seeing it finally getting searingly clear. Alcoholics Anonymous, like the preamble says, is a fellowship. Well, it's not a fellowship anymore, because I don't know what a fellowship is, a nicer word. It's a group of people coming together, sitting in pods, who some agree they want to be there, some are forced to go there, some are going there to pray. I mean, not pray on their knees, but to pray, you know, yeah, I mean, no matter because of yeah, yeah. specific religion doesn't make it any less prayer. Right, right. Makes it more prayer, really. I'm, I'm looking up this guy, other issues. Let's see if he had a problem with his drinking. I don't see it, but maybe uh, personal life. Mr. Mr. Think, Hatch plays his, the piano. I think his position came more from the fact that, I mean, when this happened, he would be what you'd call an ultra-conservative, in my opinion. He's a Mormon. Now, these days, he's a moderate, but... Oh, well, he was a Mormon here. It says here that in 1970 he was the band manager for a Mormon-themed folk group called the Free Agency. It was, a, yep. it was a group of members earlier of the Mormon group called the Sons of Messiah that was formed, oh, my God. So he, so he's he was a Mormon. I don't know if he's still a Mormon. And they don't drink. And those Mormons just sort of loved uh, a, the ha- a Hatch-Waxman Act. What's that? Uh, the Hatch-Waxman Act was passed in 1984, which, that's a pharmaceutical drug act. Okay, never mind. Uh, so if everybody who's listening out there in TV land, whatever, we are talking to Bob Warner, and Bob Warner wrote a book about uh, AA and how it can steal your soul. So do you feel like your book... Bob could help people if they went if they get a DUI they could buy your book and then they could go to their lawyer and point out some stuff is that why you wrote it Well yeah I think well there's a lot of good references in there if mm-hmm. well the reason I wrote it is because when a person is sent to AA mm-hmm. he's told you know turn your own life over to God but don't worry it's not religious Right the re- I, I actually wrote a section in there as a quick reference that you can See what they tell you, and you can actually just look it up in a matter of minutes and see why they're lying to you. Mm. See, I, I read online about so many people that were hurt by AA, and mm. they were psychologically damaged, and I was able to avoid all that because AA never got past what I would call my first step. You have mm-hmm. to show me. You say that God isn't religious. Now, I listened to them for a long time. I was mm-hmm. I, my mind was open. 
religious. All right, you don't mean God in a religious way. Okay. I understand how people can use words and mean something else, or, you know, they can be just kind of colloquially speaking. But the more I listen, the more I realize, oh, these people are lying. God is religious. They mean God just like everybody else means God. So I was never actually able to get inside my brain and screw me up. Right. And and my atheism, because I was so comfortable with it, I never really thought much of it before that, but, you know, I knew who I was, I knew what I believed, that actually protected me because once they, once I see that big lie and I, and I realize that it's a lie, then everything else you're going to tell me is probably a load of BS, too. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone buys my book, they can see that, and as soon as AA tells them a lie, they can see why it's a lie, and they don't have to take my word for it. Uh, that's why I was so so stringent about using AA's own words. There are a lot of quotations from the 12 by 12 stuff in there. I show them where yeah, they tell you you can use anything as your higher power, but that's not what they mean. What they want you to do is learn to love God and call him by name. And that's what I want everyone to do. You, you, can, just, you can stop them from lying to you. You can keep yourself from getting conned. Uh, here's here's a couple other pieces that are so, so full of God. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. And then under, <coughs> underneath it says, we had to have God's help. Okay? And then it said, first of all, we had to put quit playing God. It didn't work. And, uh, you know, the thing that I think is really weird about the AA you know, religious, the AA religion, is that even in Catholicism, you're, you're, I mean, I was raised as a Catholic. I'm not a Catholic anymore. But you're raised that you have what it's called God gave us free will. You know, like, and you get a choice, you know, whether you're going to choose, you know, to take the apple and bite it, or you're going to steal or not steal, or be good or not be good. But you were given free will. That's why the whole story about Adam and Eve is. That's a freaking, you know, it's a, a billion people Bob, in the Catholic Church, a billion, and you got 1.4 maybe in Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And you have this crazy-ass book written in the 1930s by this fucking nutjob, Bill Wilson. And, you know, it's you can't, first of all, you can't make up who God is, but even the Catholics say you have free will to choose, and that is not the case. And when you really study this book, they're telling you you're not allowed to, you know, that's your selfish and your, your, your will it's like, well, whose life is this? I mean, a, a Catholic, and when he's going to use, well, now I'm kind of speaking out of turn here because I'm not religious, but it, yeah. and to me, the way I see it is a Catholic is going to use his religion as a self-support system. I mean, he's it, he relies on inner strength from his belief in God. But I don't think any Catholic will tell you that if I do this, God will do this. But right. that's what AA says. AA oh, will just yeah. do this for you. You just fought through our 12 steps, and, and God will magically remove this alcoholism from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, if you if you have a child, I mean, when you think about when I was on probation, I was a ward of the court. Mm-hmm. When you get into legal speak, you're viewed as a child, not as a mental deficient, but in the sense that just as your parents were in charge of you, the court is in charge of you. You're a ward of the court. Now, if you're a, if this is a disease, as they tell us, and you have a child with leukemia, a disease, and you treat right. him with 
with faith healing and he dies, you have a problem. I mean, right. courts are rather easy on them, but still, you've broken the law. But mm-hmm. the courts can send these people to AA, and if they die, oh, well, you know, they didn't work the program. Wow. Who's responsible for that? I mean, uh, the councilman, Zach Reed, from Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. he's facing his third DWI. Now, he was sentenced to AA. If the court is going to take charge of him and send him to faith healing, and that faith healing doesn't work, Whose fault is it? Is it Zach Reed's or is it the court's? Because the court's told him, hey, this is the cure. God will relieve you out. Just go here, and God will remove this alcoholism from you, and you won't have another problem. Well, you're well, you're yeah. in Ohio, right? Are you in Ohio? Yes. So yes, where, where could you – I mean, part of what I see is that Alcoholics Anonymous was set up, whoever got involved with Bill, and, and we know that – there were some very, very successful businessmen that came because of Marty Mann in the hierarchy, you know, really high in high society, hanging around with the Rockefellers and Henry Ford and people who ran Coca-Cola. And all these people brought in some serious businessmen and knew how to spread this faith healing, uh, religious alcoholism cure that they felt was, you know, really snazzy back then, right? So right. my question is, okay, so we expose, expose, educate, educate. But the way to get to the masses is kind of using that the same paradigm that they used, which is get in front of the lawyers, get in front of the doctors, get this message to parents and teachers associations, get this message in front of psychologists and psychiatrists. Uh there's a you know, get this into the media get it into, you know, the narrative in our movies and our television shows. So how can you, your book is new, it's out, it's a good resource. Wouldn't it be good to maybe go down to the courts and talk to some lawyers and give your book to some people, you know, 10 copies or something? My only concern about that is, I mean, these are lawyers and judges. They have to be aware of these cases. I mean, it has to be intentional on their part to just ignore it. How well, can I, they not know about these, about well, these, these uh, court cases all over? Uh, you know, I felt that way, Bob, except when I was sitting with a civil rights attorney well, many months ago now about the Carla Brada case, and we were just talking about it. She said, you'd be really surprised what judges don't know. I know that you think that because somebody is a judge – uh, that you think they're going to know everything just like you think the police officer knows the laws because sometimes they don't. If, if laws change, they there's like people who are advocates now going from precinct to precinct educating the, the police officers on senior abuse because there is a rise in that and there's you know things that are going on that like when I went to the police about being stalked on orange papers or, you know, things that are being said, I found out the law. And, you know, some of them know it, and then some of them don't really know. I mean, it's, you know, anyway. I think that is there something as, you know, actively, I mean, I'm having you on again because the show went too quickly last week, and I think this is a really important part of educating, you know, the people, and hopefully because of all the stuff that's going on with Gabrielle Glaser and me being on Katie Couric, that more people will listen to my radio show. Can you know? Can you take your book somewhere 
I would think it would be really helpful to people who get a DUI. So there are DUI lawyers. Not everybody is going to be a pro-stepper. Right. Have you never yeah, thought I of mean, doing that? Mm-hmm. No, not really, actually. I just I didn't really know how to go from here. I mean, I guess I, it'd be easy enough to look at what DUI lawyers are in the area and just send them copies of the book. And maybe make, you know, going, I mean, because we're going to go down with the literature. I'm still working on the pamphlet that I'm uh, creating on letting See. people know. I, I should have, did I ever send you that pamphlet? No. I should send you it and get your input because it's not done. It's like really close to done, but it just says, you know, your rights, you know, DUI, and then, you know, the cases and that you can't get, you know, they can't do it. It's against the First Amendment and against the Establishment Clause. And, uh, well, the other you, problem with me, the problem yeah. with me is I'm just a guy, and these lawyers and these judges, they're just, I mean, they don't really like to listen to anyone that's not, in the legal profession or their superior or somebody important, it's so easy for them just to blow oh, it off. Oh, no, 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 no. You are not giving yourself enough credit. Let's talk about Bill Wilson. Let's talk about Knucklehead Wilson, who wrote the book, who was a loser. He was a loser. If you really watch the new movie that came out about him, it was hard to watch, but I did see the documentary just to educate myself more. He was not a good businessman. He was not a good husband. He was homeless for many years, going from place to place. And yet everybody thought, oh, this this thing he created, which he really stole, you know, basically from the Oxford movement and then made it longer so it could be 12 steps. Oh, well, he could get off of it. The, he was a layman. He was a layperson who made this shit up. And look yep. where he went with it. So I don't agree with that. I don't think you need... People who have passion, people who know the truth, uh, can make a difference. And, you know, they, I mean, I know that Martin Luther King had umpteen degrees and studied, you know, seven or eight religions. He was a PhD, had a doctorate in theology. But, uh, you know, there are, it, it matters because you were one of the first people to say, this is against my First Amendment rights, and I'm going to take the time it takes to fight it, and then you're going to take the time to write the book, Bob. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of my biggest disappointments. I, I, You know, I just, I guess I'm naive, and I think things are going to go along a certain path. I figured when, it, when the courts declared it was unconstitutional, the judges would just stop sending people there or, you know, they right. give them choices and keep but and that they don't that they don't respect the decision of the federal courts is just amazing to me. Mhm. Why do you think that is? Why why do you think that is? I think that, you know, AA has this they, back what Katie Kirk said actually on the show, that we don't want to denigrate AA because they've helped millions. That is a core mistake. Everybody looks at this organization as as saints, that they've done all this good. Now, when I stopped drinking, I mean, I stopped drinking while I was going to AA. Mm -hmm. So, according to that logic, I was cured by AA. Mm-hmm. But that's a false logic. Uh, the last, I believe it's the last chapter of my book, A Story of Self-Cure. I think essentially what AA does is you go there and you stop drinking. And you stop drinking for a while, and then you have what, Dr. What, the treatment professionals want to call a relapse. 
where you drink. But then right. you go back to AA and you stop drinking. And I just believe, it, I know this is how, what happened with me, I believe that just those periods of not drinking just gets rid of that habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a drink and it's, you, know, you, you have that drink, but then you go for another stretch without drinking. And you slowly, over time, break that down. It might take years, but in the meantime, you're probably not drinking. Even when you do have those relapses, so to speak, you're mm-hmm. not drinking as much. Right. That's that's what's going on in AA. Now, if you want to say that, you know, that's, that's a positive for AA, you could also get the same thing from an art club, a book club, anything else where you went around other people a smart mm-hmm. recovery group meeting, mm-hmm. anything like that. But mm-hmm. to say that AA's religion is what cured that is a real mistake, and I think that they benefit from that. And I think that's what makes it so hard to fight AA. These judges see AA and say, well, all these people are getting cured in AA. We're just going to send it to them. Plus, well, I, th- I do think that somebody eventually... Uh, I'm regardless of what she said. I mean, I had a choice where, when you know, Katie Couric said that this, you know, we want we don't want to bash it. And when I was sitting at home watching, and I'm like, why not? Come on, Katie, let's bash it. But <laughs> while I'm sitting there, I have a choice. Am I going to talk about, you know, the the one thing I wanted to say, which eventually I'll get to say somewhere, is that you know, okay, you know, I know some people like it. However, there is a huge community of people that have been harmed by Alcoholics Anonymous and that have been hurt by Alcoholics Anonymous members, and those people don't have a voice, and I am their voice. I am speaking out for those thousands, if not millions of people, all the pro-steppers, get all these fucking celebrities who love AA, they get these movies and TV shows that you know promote it, and everybody is like, oh, we don't want to, you know, and I'm not, I'm not as upset at all where it went, because I made a choice that I felt it was more important that you know that day to talk about that they're sending sex offenders and violent criminals to AA unknown to the public and unknown to AA members that that is number 1 and then from that we all know, we all know that we all know it on the blogs you know it and I know it that so many have been harmed well you already know that I'm fucking sticking my ass out I don't want to talk about what happened to me in 1975 anymore you know or what happened to me in 1976 by those disgusting men uh, like you know that is not what i'm interested in doing but it was important enough to say that this shit has to stop and well you should get in a fight with Katie kirk on national tv because you'll never get to actually say what you want to say it'll just turn into you know well have a nice day in the search and it was nice to have you so no, I mean, but i, I did say i, I, I did say what i wanted you know I, what i'm saying bob is i did say what i wanted it was a part of what i want to say you know what i mean like those things that I I was so excited to promote the other options. That's a big deal. She felt that was a big deal, you know, and um, right. and the the I, and she also felt it was shocking about the court ordering. You know what I'm saying? And she thought it was important right. that Gabrielle explain what the 13th step is. So we got a little bit in there. That's a big deal to be on national. She is the first person. It is the first network that allowed somebody like us on to talk about it. So. That's it. You begin somewhere. And the next time I'm going to say to someone else that, okay, you know, it's okay that you like it. It's like, well, the Catholic Church has helped millions. Well, you can't. So that's nice. But they're fucking raping children. So, you know what? What do you, what do you, like, you know what I'm saying? 
that finally, in our culture, they took on the Catholic Church. People took on Jerry Sandusky and football. People took on the Boy Scouts. They got sued. Al-Anon and Alateen got sued. They have to do a background a background check if you want to be involved in Alateen. You cannot. AA, you know, is not above the law. AA is just what it is. It's an institution. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's not beyond reproach, right? And so you wrote a book. In your book, we're talking to Bob Warner. So if you're out there and you got a DUI and you want to know what the heck you can do without having to get the big book, you can go and buy Bob Warner's book, AA, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul. And tell us, maybe uh, I'm going to go look inside. Let's go look inside. I'm here on Amazon. I'm going to go to the table of contents. Oh, my goodness. Um, We're men and you're all boys? (laughs) What's that one about? (laughs) Well, Lucy, uh, what they say is, let me see, what step was that? From the 12 and 12? That's probably the fourth step. I mean, I think it's where either you're, you know, this is where you separate the men from the boys or it's step six and seven. It could be that one. Right. Uh, yeah. Step six. It's basically where they say where you, f- if you do this stuff, you unless until you make an honest effort on this stuff, you're a mm. boy. It's mm. that's that's what separates the men from the boys. Mm. Now, really? What is? I don't remember what step six is now. I don't pay attention to much of this stuff anymore. Uh, trying to get out of my mind as much. Uh, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. That's where you've you've looked at how you've committed the seven deadly sins, mm-hmm. and now this is where you know where one of the things that AA does in, in twelve by twelve that if you can look at that and still think AA is is not religious, mm-hmm. then there may be no hope. Uh, we're mm. entirely ready to have good remove all these defects of character. So the sloth, lust, you got to get rid of all that, and if you don't, you're just a boy. And how demeaning is that? You know, you, when you take phrases like atheist or belligerent savage, mm-hmm. if you don't pray to God to remove his seven deadly sins, you're just a boy, and you're not a full-grown man. Wow. And but then, then out of the other side of your mouth, you want to tell me, oh, but there's room in AA for all religions. You're welcome. You should have no problem working it. Come on. Yeah, you know, there's somebody who has a question. I'm going to bring him on, okay? Okay. Hi. Hello. Hello, Monica. Hi. Hi, Bob. Hi, Monica. Hi. Hi, Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, ask Bob a question. Go ahead, sweetie. Hi, Bob. You know, it's interesting what you said. Uh, You know, me being a man of faith, You know, I'm a man of faith, you know, but I'm not never consider myself a Bible thumper or a Jesus freak or a God freak or anything like that. That's just that's something I choose to believe in. However, you know, uh, I'm sorry? More power to you. Well, <laughs> thanks. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, then again, you know, when you have people like George Bush saying that God spoke to me last night, who was a complete whack job. And then you have, you know, the meetings using that, you know, the, the God image and influence, influencing a lot of people to do some pretty crazy shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see where you're coming from. You know, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, my question is, uh, as a man who is, uh, who is also had left the program, um, was there anything positive that had happened to you there? Is there anything that you missed when you had left? 
Actually, no. Uh, that kind of gets back to my point I made a little while ago about my atheism protecting me from AA's mind twists. Uh, they ne- they never got me past that God is not religious, so I never really listened to any other other stuff. And because at the time I was also I was also going through this lawsuit at the, t- at the same time I sued them, I was pretty much the pariah in my area. This was in uh, the Middletown, New York area. People, everyone in AA looked at me funny. I even had uh, one chairman of the group denounce me in front of the meeting. So, wow. so they really, they didn't give me anything. Yeah, she, uh, she, I had, at that time, I had made a habit of as soon as they started doing the prayers, I got out of the room, and I didn't worry about hiding the fact that I was leaving for their prayers. Uh, she started meeting, she said, and this is close to what she said anyway. I don't remember exactly. This was a long time ago. But she said, and uh, it doesn't matter that that you don't believe in God. She's talking to the whole room. But then she turns and she looks straight at me because God believes in you. And then put a smile on her face. <laughs> and this is, this is in the middle of, like, I guess there were about 50 people in a meeting. It was like a Sunday meeting in a big church. Mm-hmm. So uh, I... Didn't say anything because I was a little taken aback. I really did not handle it. Uh, but yeah. I, there were a couple. There were a couple people said told me after that they didn't like what she did. That that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like basically, you know, it put you out there in front of everybody. You know, obviously, yeah. Yeah, it's very demeaning. You know, and that's you know, I had friends. You know, did you have friends at all? Did you have any friends at all? Did you make any friends at all that related to what you No, 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 no. I actually got to the point where I wouldn't shake people's hands. Uh, they want to give me hugs. I, you know, I didn't want any of that because, you know, don't get me wrong, I shake people's hands when they're offered. But in the AA meeting, there's always a reason. <clears throat> Sorry about that. There's always a reason for those hugs. There's a reason for that shaking hands because it's another part of worshiping their God. You know, we're both in AA, we're buddies, you know, we're we're going through this journey mm-hmm. together, but I'm not going through their journey. Mm-hmm. And and I I also felt somewhat apart because I mean, when I decided to stop drinking, I stopped. I didn't need God to help me stop drinking. I just stopped. Uh for about a year. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of times I would have really liked to have a beer, but I was on probation. I, if I come up with a, uh, you know, a bad urinalysis test, I'm put in jail. And well, it's actually three years probation. So, yeah. but I didn't need, I didn't need their God. I didn't need what they were offering. I didn't need to partake in what they were partaking in. Uh, yeah. I there was, well, actually, I take that back. There was one guy. My uh, mm-hmm. probation officer told me I had to get a sponsor. Uh, so there was this one guy, he was an ex-boxer, and he always struck mm-hmm. me as a really good guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I asked him, and he knew I was never going to call him. So I was, yeah, you can use my name, that's cool. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's funny, I had lost touch with him, and uh, I don't remember if I was still in there. I think this was after my probation was up and this was all settled. I saw him, and he looked at me, he was drunk, driving a pickup. Oh. Yeah, Bob, wow. you're right. AA's, AA's full of crap, you know. And, uh, 
and I always liked him. He was one of the guys that I always liked. That I kind of that just really actually supported my own uh, sense of how to judge people. And it's uh, from what I understand, about a week after I saw him that day, he was arrested for DWI. Oh my God. Well, he was off. Well, I guess he was off parole and everything, so it didn't. It wasn't like he violated parole, but he got busted for the DWI. I don't know what happened to him after that. Wow. You know, wow, Monica, Monica, yeah. uh, uh, Bob, I, I tell you, you know, it's interesting. Thanks for saying that. You know, I, I befriended uh, a couple of guys that I knew that were atheists, and yeah, at first I was a little shocked. I was like, wow. I mean, these guys who were so cool and so nice to me, and I was like, wow, you don't believe in God? Uh, it kind of through me for a loop, but I still remained friends with them, and actually good friends through the years when I knew them. And I had no judgment, you know, from that point. I just, you know, knew that they were my friends, which was very cool. But kind of like sipping, sipping all over the place here, but it, I just, it just reminded me of something that, you know, they said that, you know, we're, we're lucky, you know, we're blessed, you know, we're, we, you know, God is, you know, we keep working a program where we'll be alive, we'll stay alive, you know, God is on our side. And I'm like, I thought of all the people that came in and, and didn't make the time, didn't make the years, and ended up either dying and stuff like that. Myself, personally, having two siblings, you know, struggling from that, you know, from addictions and stuff. What do you? I took it personally. I was like, what are you trying to say? That we're blessing these people who tried and they're out there and not? Mm. That's another thing about the God mm. religion thing in, that, in, the, in those rooms that really upset me. You know, so you just reminded me of that, too. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of crap there. It just doesn't make sense. It just never really made sense to me. No, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think the more that I look, uh, you know, the, through this book, and it says, uh, here's another one. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant to sick friends. God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Uh, you know that. Like those two lines alone, it goes on and on. We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good and never to be used lightly or selfishly. We asked God in meditation. We asked um, where we should be about each specific matter. God alone can judge our sex situation. Um, over back on page 68, perhaps there is a better way we think so, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. Uh, we are in the world to play the role he assigns, just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us do, and humbly rely on him. Does he? You know, I should have Clancy Brown come on and read this, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. position of God will remove these defects of character. Well, uh, where I believe that most mainstream <laughs> religious believe this, this is this is the walls of God, and you're supposed to live according to them. You take yeah. care of you. You take well, care of you. I don't think they yeah. to things from yeah. you. You're supposed to do it. Well, this is great. I'm so sorry. When it I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to go? Yeah, gonna okay, go. thanks, Kevin. Well, I'm going to put you, you so back much. on hold. Thank you. Oh. Bob, thank you so much. All right. Good talking to you. All right, Kevin. Bob, just as you were you were talking to Kevin of that, Gunther wrote after I read that he said, "Oh, what Bill Wilson is going to tell us how to have sex." <laughs> well, I don't understand it. Wasn't he kind of an expert in that? Didn't he, didn't he do a lot of thirteen stuffing? Oh yeah, he was a total thirteen stubber. They had to create like a squad that 
I guess it got really bad as he went on. Um, uh, let's see. The part that uh, this is, I mean, it's just, when I look at this now, it, it really is, really, in this book you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Again, we're more powerless. You know, we can't do it for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. What? What religion believes that God removes your sins? You're supposed to stop sinning so you meet God's approval. Am I wrong about that? I mean, isn't that what most religions believe? If if you lust after your neighbor's wife, you don't pray to God and say, please take this lust away from me. You stop trying to tag your neighbor's wife. You don't just ask God to remove that urge from you. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. eat too much, if you're a glutton, although I don't actually believe, I, I think when that was actually, you know, in the old biblical days, I think glutton made, meant a little something different. But mm-hmm. if you eat too much, you don't go, please, God, remove this urge from me. You, you just you stop eating and put your and and make yourself what you think God approves of. But God isn't going to do it for you. You're supposed to do it. AA just turns everything on its head, which, I mean, when you, it isn't just atheists that should have a problem with forced AA. Everybody should have. Because it's not like you're just going to go there and your religion works. You have to change your religion to Mm -hmm. be a part of AA. Because AA is a specific religion that is different from every other one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting with, uh, a guy, it was like on a coffee date when I went through my divorce in like 1998, and he was like 20-something years sober like I was. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, A is my religion. And I remember like it, it hit me. It like hit me. It's like that when someone says something, it sort of hits you in the chest or the stomach. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, uh, no, AA is not my religion. And then it was funny because I said to him, like, AA is not a religion. I, I mean, I was really clear that... It did not have it shipped together as much for me that someone could actually call it a religion, but it has all the religious tenets, uh, and I and I do believe that it it does because I looked it up this weekend. It does uh, fit the description in the dictionary for what a religion is. You know. I mean, I I think I think the most accurate way I think I even said it in the book is it's a radical offshoot of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people would other people would probably use look at the same thing and use the word cult. I just I, I didn't want to get into that because there are so many other books about that. Which right. Do a much right. better job than I could ever do anyway. So what's the point in it? But it right. is a faith healing sect of Christianity. Yeah. So well, I do I do think Bob that it is good. I'm sorry. Yeah, to have the words that um, different words to express it. Because if one hammers too many words, then it becomes sort of a dead point for me. Like I like when someone spins a new way of saying something. And I think if if I hear constantly here it's a cult, I believe that it is and that it has cult-like qualities, absolutely. And people are brainwashed and all the rest of it. But if I want to be heard then you have another spin on it and you're saying it another way. And I think that it matters, so that the more people can hear it, 
whatever it takes to be heard. Like the first time Gunther said to me, well, it's a cult. You know, I was like still in, in AA, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I used to sit, go in and say when I hear culty shit, I would say, this is not a cult. Like, you don't have to do this. this. But, you know, inside I felt like there was some really strange behavior going on. Uh, I want to, before we finish up, we have, let me see where we're at with time. We have about four minutes left. We are talking to Bob Warner, who wrote, uh, available on Amazon, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, How Alcoholics Anonymous Steals Your Soul. It's about $12, available on paperback, and it's available on Kindle, right? It's available on Kindle? Yeah. 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 And uh, I'm just going to just read a few more things out of the book just to show the insanity of how this is highly religious. I think the next time what I'm going to do for my research is have the 25 states, which this has already been deemed highly religious, meaning that you can't be court ordered. If you're listening, you have a DUI, you might want to get Bob's book. Uh, you might want to uh, contact me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. By then, I'm going to have some kind of flyer that you could bring to your lawyer and say, hey, man, it's already been deemed highly religious. I don't want to go there. I want to go to Smart Recovery. I want to try the Sinclair Method with Naltrexone. I want to get that book. Uh, maybe I'd like to go to Moderation or Ham's Harm Reduction or SOS. So just a few things. Page 76. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Page 77. Our real purpose to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It says, we don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. Then we go to page 84. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When they crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. On page 85, every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not be done. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Is that so religious? I'm going to have to put like on a purple gown, light some candles. Let's get some frankincense and myrrh. Let's turn the you know the lights down. Get the organ playing, Bob. Because I'll tell you, I, when you get into page eighty-six and eighty-seven, it's going to tell you that God should direct our thinking. <laughs> oh my! Doesn't well, he have better things to do? I think so. I think I, so. I, I would um, think he's busier than to worry about what particularly I'm thinking tonight. I want to thank you so much for having you on again. The time flew by so fast once again. I appreciate it. Yeah. So think about taking that book down to some DUI lawyers, my friend. I will. Yeah. I think think you should. Uh, I'm going to buy a copy. I encourage everyone to buy Bob's book if you're interested. And we're going to have on somebody from Smart Recovery next week. But thank you so much, Bob, and I'll be talking to you again soon and let you know okay. you know, everything we're doing, and I appreciate you on, and we'll uh, have a good evening. All right, thanks a lot, Micah. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, everybody, so it's another night at Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. Next week we're going to have on Ashley Powers from Smart Recovery. She is a trained facilitator from Smart, and she is also a coach. I want to thank everybody for all your support and again I'm Monica Richardson I'm your host for Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery and I will see you next week
Good night.